Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Fields. Chased by Garrett. Flushed. Looking. Sets up. Throwing deep. Hail Mary. End zone. Deflected. Tipped and intercepted. Almost caught. And then a deflection into the hands of DeAnthony Bell. Darnell Mooney. Minus three. With Dave Damashek. Life is short. Football season is long. Hi and hello and welcome to Minus 3. Presented as ever by Omaha. What a week 15. Still with one 60-minute stretch to be completed for it to be fully put into the books. At the time of this recording, in the meantime, the Bills were finished. The Cowboys just got housed by that team that was finished. You know, don't make too much about that. Like I've said before, it's sort of like... Um, golf handicaps in today's NFL. Your best performance and your worst performance shouldn't really make your handicap. You throw those out. That's the way it works these days. I can't fully explain it, except that scoring is a little bit easier than it used to be. Either way, don't overreact, Cowboys fan. The sky sky is not necessarily falling. Some reason for some concern, specifically you and the Eagles, I don't see how, see how either one of you goes into San Francisco and beats that team the way it's playing right now. Let's talk about all of it. We have Eddie Spaghetti there in his Staten Island home behind the glass. It's weird that they make him sit behind the glass even in his childhood home. Either way, hope the holiday season is festive up there, Eddie Spaghetti. It's about to be for everyone listening right now because guess who's coming? He is Maltabit. Multiple Shecky Award winner. He's also the host of the CBS Sports Pick Six podcast, about as good as you could possibly do when the subject is pigskin. He's our old pal. It's Will Brinson. What's the poop, fella? How are you? What's up, Sheck? Spaghetti. How play. you guys doing? Always a pleasure to uh, talk the game of football, talk the game of life with you. Everything. Merry, uh, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays Happy to everybody holidays. in yeah, the Carolinas yeah. to you. How's everything going for you? How's your God, football season not, it's, been, pal? I think it's been pretty good. Um, feel like I've been right about more stuff than 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 I am wrong. I had the uh, the Bills and the Niners as my uh, preseason Super Bowl teams, and they're uh, they're trending into they're rounding into shape at, the, at this point in time. Feels like nice. I mean, now after week fifteen, you're like <laughs> they're clearly going to meet the Super Bowl as if nothing could possibly derail the the momentum of a single week of of production. It's like the Bills if the Bills lose to the Chargers or the Patriots, and all like we've spent the last three weeks screaming about the Bills for nothing. Um, the Niners, on the other hand, do feel like man, they are just an absolute truck stick. The the Brock Purdy MVP stuff is sort of reaching fever pitch too. I don't think anybody saw that one coming per se, but I mean, I guess, I mean, yeah, he is a Kyle Shanahan offense. I I want to talk about it while we have you here. It's always a treat to to uh, to kibitz with you about you know about all manner of sports, and as you mentioned at the top there, the most important of all, the game of life. But let's talk about pro football while we have you on this day, and you know. Brock Purdy is really, I don't know exactly how to react to this. And I, I hate to, uh, this well-worn subject at this point with so much, and you're kind of talking about it too. Uh, and I said it at the top there. The Bills, it, it's not that we were denouncing Josh Allen specifically. Obviously, if you have Josh Allen on your team, he's one of the very few, and it's an overstatement for the most part, but there are two to six human beings who can drag mediocre teams to some success in pro football. And Josh Allen is one of them, but they got into such a spot where you couldn't resist the temptation, the the, the lure to announce they're cooked, they're finished, and they're not going to be a factor in January. Further proof that the football season, that there are certain teams that can get on heaters and just reel off, you know, long stretches in the regular season and write whatever was wrong enough to get into the playoffs. Okay. We, you visit these things. You're not, you're not a hot taker, Brinson. I hope I'm not a hot taker, but how do you explain for real, for real now, this Brock Purdy thing? You know, I know we love, 
underdog stories and and believe me we're gonna get to uh to other storylines but yeah, I, I, I i know this one feels high if you're listening right now you're like i don't want to hear about brock purdy and what an underdog story and and all of that again but you know from his remark after the game on sunday um you know hey you're tracking towards the mvp purdy what do you think like i think i think uh, christian mccaffrey should get it yeah. note to anyone out there whether you believe that or not if somebody asks you a question along those lines, defer to somebody else. That's that seems classy, and everybody will. <laughs> that's right. Hey, you know, that uh, doesn't make a difference if that's what you got. You got a great. You got a great podcast. I think your podcast is the best in the world. Uh, actually, I, I prefer Shaq's podcast. Exactly. Like, yeah. Is that true? You really believe that, Brinson? You just no, said no, that I off don't, the cuff. No, no, I don't believe that. No, no, no. Oh, um, <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. matter because if the follow up, do you really mean that? Nobody's going to do that to you. Nobody's going to follow up. It's like, yeah, well, they're like, well, actually, yeah, Christian McCaffrey is more valuable. We all actually do believe that. In fact, we, in fact, that's the consensus that Christian. I, so I did uh, Kevin Clark's pod. Uh, fellow Omaha, Omaha you know, that's right. I, yeah, I know, yeah. What I don't even know what. Yeah, like we are we in the middle of like the the um like the what is it, the what did the Avengers call it the greatest uh, crossover event? <laughs> it's like like spaghetti was on Katie Mox's pod. Who I'm hosting with later. Uh, right. I'm on your pod. It's, it's fantastic. But the um Clark and I were like 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 sort of did an impromptu draft of like who would you take as the most important Niners person, and Purdy's not one. So like it's no. a fact and, and by the way, well, I keep saying it the old school Reggie Jackson style, the straw that stirs the drink. And I think it is Christian McCaffrey, as a yeah. matter of fact. And I do think that there's a chance, although narratives, you know, start to roll out, everybody buys them collectively. And so it does feel like Brock Purdy is going to get it if nothing changes between now and the end of the season. But I do think that there's a chance that some voters will be like, come on, it's obviously Christian McCaffrey that's making this thing go. And that could steal votes from Purdy. That's why I've been I, I supportive of the the uh, Lamar Jackson campaign, because no one's going to get in his way in that regard. I'm sorry we, to we interrupt do, you. Go no, ahead. no, you're fine. You're fine. It's, we, um, we, we did an MVP watch for the for CBS Sports uh, dot com every uh, Tuesday, I think. And I sent in my votes. It was like I had Lamar one and Purdy two. And look, like Matt Ryan was on CBS Sports uh, HQ or CBS Sports Network. And I was I was I was doing like the next segment I was listening to him talk. And they were asking him about, about, about Purdy and the nine point nine yards per attempt. I mean, that's no fluke. Like the, you look at these quarterbacks, Matt Ryan in 2016, nine point three yards per attempt. His offensive coordinator was Kyle Shanahan. Like this is, it's, it, I think, I think part of, I think you have Cam Newton who's out here calling with system quarterback or a, a game manager. I don't think, I don't think Brock Purdy is a game manager. I think he's a system quarterback. I think he is very well built to operate the Kyle Shanahan system. And I think we've seen, yeah, right. there, are a lot, there are lots of quarterbacks who are capable of doing that. I think it's sort of a, and I mean, like, I think it's like a cerebral, um, like you need to be a cerebral point guard style of passer to do it, but you don't necessarily like Matt Schaub led the league in passing with Cal Shanahan on the coaching staff, Brian Hoyer and the Browns were in first place in the AFC North in 2014 with, with this incredible running game until Alex Mack, the center broke his, broke his leg. There are lots of, I think that it's the Shanahan thing. It, it, it's always going to go as the quarterback goes because you have to have the quarterback, but there are so many other pieces that come together to allow Brock Purdy to be Brock Purdy. Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, you take them out, they lose three games in a row and don't look as efficient. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey, until they traded for him, and that kind of lined up with a Purdy starting, right? When, but, you know, when Jimmy G got hurt, but like they weren't as dom dominant until, until McCaffrey came over. They didn't even mention George Kittle, who is the fulcrum point for this offense because of his blocking and the ability to like build fakes and play action off of those blocks and how Kittle looks like he's blocking and just releases. And all of a sudden he's, you know, like splaying out and wide open and no one near him. And that doesn't even mention Brandon Ayuk. Like, there's just a lot of really good pieces on this offense. And I think it's wild. That, that was like my trouble with giving Purdy with like naming Purdy MVP because Lamar Jackson's got a bunch of good pieces too. You know, Keaton Mitchell, that sucks that he's done for the season. He was playing great football. Gus, but I mean, like Gus Edwards isn't Christian McCaffrey. And Mark Andrews, George Kittle, maybe a wash. Mark Andrews now hurt. Certainly the 49ers have the advantage there now. Ronnie Stanley's a good left tackle, but he's not Trent Williams. And Odell Beckham and Zay Flowers. I, everyone's taking Debo Samuel and, and Brandon Ayuk over those two guys, even as good as a flowers has been early in his career. So I think it's just like, 
all this stuff, like Lamar Jackson is more valuable to his team than Brock Purdy is if we're just doing the most valuable part of it. For sure. That's right. Yeah. And I said going into week 15 that the that the better bets were side by side, perhaps Lamar and Dak. Dak's odds had gotten short enough that it was maybe not that, that there was no value in doing that. But now you can fully take Dak out of it, I would uh, I would guess. Um, but, you know, w- w- where Purdy's concerned, I mean, you know, underdog stories in movies and otherwise, always a thing. Always. And it was one thing if Brock Purdy's story was happening in 1920 or when Bart Starr was a 15th round pick before he went on to be the best quarterback, you know, before the Super Bowl era. And it would be one thing for this Brock Purdy story to be happening before we saw Tom Brady's underpants go on and do what he did. (laughs) How is this happening in the year of the Lord, 2023. And am I supposed to sit in wonderment that this sort of thing can still happen in the machine with the obsession of all the the professional scouts out there and the ones behind the monitor at home pouring over the tape to ensure that no one misses anybody with a pulse who can run, you know, a sub five um, 40 to, I mean, how is this happening with Brock Purdy? It's really wild. And I think it's, <laughs> you know, I, I'm inclined to listen to my better angels and celebrate it. It's cool that this sort of thing that somehow, you know, I can ding um, group think and the ills of it. And that's how you land once again with this imperfect um, prospect and Brock Purdy still somehow being the literal Mr. Irrelevant. And how did this happen? You know, which side are we to be on here? Are we supposed to be cynical and say no one is worth their salt and we shouldn't listen to the people who tell us who the players that our team should get? Or are we to just celebrate like this is the way this is the wonderment of the human condition? I think it's the latter. Although it doesn't, doesn't it feel like more so, I mean, maybe not. This, the this same thing happened with Tom Brady. Tom Brady just won a Super Bowl in his first year as a starter. And so everyone was like, well, I mean, like the first few years of Tom Brady's career, and this, you forget this because he played for so damn long and he was so freaking good. He won so many Super Bowls and he won three in the first four years, right? The right. first, like two, the first year, it was like the whole year is like this I remember this buzz, but we, you, you can't like go read about it. I mean, I'm sure there are columns about it. You, you can find like the microfiche or something, but like you go and you're like, it's like Tom Brady was, was like, people were like, this is, this is going to fall apart. This cannot last. This For is sure. not something that can exist. And then even when he won a Super Bowl, and then they, they uh, missed the playoffs the next year. And then they won the Super Bowl the year after that. He was still a game manager. Like people were calling Tom Brady a game manager. If you look at the stats, he was a game manager. He was leaning on the running game and the defense that Belichick put together and the coaching. And Shouldn't have been he, the MVP of that first Super Bowl win against no. the Rams. Should have been obviously either the guy who booted the legendary kick, Vinatieri, Vinatieri or Ty yeah. Law, who picked sixth, yeah. Kurt Warner. Yeah, but Brady got it because quarterbacks get it, which is the same right. reason Brock Purdy is going to win MVP over Christian McCaffrey because it's it's the quarterback position. And look. If we take Brock Purdy out of the 49ers, out of this incredible ecosystem of superstar talent and high-level coaching, which has sustained, by the way, the loss of multiple offensive coordinators, multiple defensive coordinators, multiple like pass game coordinators or run game coordinators, all of whom are, most of whom, I should say, are having a lot of success elsewhere, you know, and like if you take Brock Purdy out, are you 100% sure Sam Darnold wouldn't be good? Because I'm not. Oh, no, I think so, too. In fact, we were talking on extra points last week, and um, I think that it's sort of like an unfun um, game to play. You know, it's a hypothetical. What if every team as constituted had to roll with its backup quarterback who would win the Super Bowl? And and you're like, ooh, kind of a fun one. Like, oh, well, obviously it's the Niners. They they, they would, because to to your early point of how loaded up that that offense is and that defense is, they, they are... In fact, as far as that goes, this isn't diminishing and overreact uh, the Cowboys season or overreacting to what just happened in Buffalo, as I say. But but also, like, don't you don't you think that like while like Sam Darnold could potentially succeed in that in that offense, and I don't know if he would for sure, 
it's also the same point. Like you could see it's, it's not like it's like any quarterback works in this offense. That, I don't think that's the case. I think it's a very specific type of quarterback. It's someone who is willing to take, willing to take what the system is giving him and just operate within the confines of the system. And Purdy is so good because he pushes the envelope just enough to get vertical. And that's mm-hmm. what Matt Ryan did too. And I think, you know, I think it's why they were willing to be like, all right, Trey Lance, see ya. Right. You don't just plot. Yes. It's over. uh, It's It's oversimplifying to say you can just put anybody in the system. Put anybody in there. Yes. Brock Purdy has a specific skill set that suits exactly what Shanahan wants to do. Right. It's but those skills reveal themselves as being more pedestrian than you know, a rocket arm and otherwise. Right. And the, and the but, but then, of then also Allen. like you go back to the Brady question check. It's like, well, okay. If this guy's so good in your system and so perfect for your system, why did you let him drop seven rounds? Like it's like, it's like Belichick's a genius for finding Tom Brady. It's like, well, he did pass on him That's six right. plus times, you know, like if there's a, there's a nature nurture thing. This is hard to quantify. I think. Okay, first of all, to seize on something you said 90 seconds ago, you said he operates in that system, which reminds me to say, I thought I had settled this hash five years ago, at least. Everybody's back to debating like game manager. That's an insult, isn't it? Well, let's get rid of the term. You know, we don't call people stewardesses anymore because we realize it has a negative connotation. Same goes with game manager. It isn't that it's it's you're a gunslinger which is one thing and it's sexy and it's fun to watch and root for, but also being a surgeon is good too. Mm, mm, I like, I like. Or if you like gunplay, if that's your thing, (laughs) let's just stick with that theme. You can be a gunslinger spraying it down, taking down, you know, with the six, six shots at a time, all the outlaws, or you could be an assassin. Oh, I like assassin. Okay. Either way. I mean, that's, that's the way to do it. But like Cam Newton, and I made this point on the big six podcast last night briefly, but like Cam Newton earlier this year, or like early late last week, whatever it was, was like, he's a game manager. He just like written Cam later came out and followed up on it. It was like game manager is not a bad thing. It's just, that's what you are. And I, and I think people got real big mad about it. Um, because the term game manager is just pejorative. Like it's just treated that way. The same as um, system quarterback. But the thing about people need to remember about Cam in 2015, Cam's leading receiver, Cam won MVP. The Panthers go 15 and one all time season. The Panthers had an okay offensive line, but not a great one. Ted Ginn Jr. was their number one wide receiver. Billy Brown. Billy Brown. That's right. Greg Olson, of course, was their true number one pass catcher. Sure. Um, they had a very good defense, but like Cam, and, but their offensive coordinator was Mike Shula. This is this is the polar opposite of what Brock Purdy is doing right now, which is operating in this talent laden, uh, you know, f- offensive system designed to help a smart quarterback with quick decision making skills flourish. Cam is operating in this like take seven steps back, hope that uh, Kelvin, hope that like Ted Ginn can separate or Greg Olson's on an out route, and if not, run everybody over on your way to the end zone. And like this is, I understand what Cam's saying. He's like. I'm a different beast and you can't like, like you can't that's, he was not a gay manager. He was a, but, 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 but it's not like neither one should be better than the other per se. No, it's, I, I know, but I get the insinuation that people react to that, that Cam Newton and Ben Roethlisberger who are true gunslingers of the 21st century, you know, cut from the same cloth as John Elway or perhaps Brett Favre type swagger and, you know, plays break down and playground ball. You can't drag him down. Individualism and all that kind of stuff. People like that and people want to be that. And I've made the case over the decades that I'm inclined to root for the gunslinger because you're going to wind up probably with the same number of wins and along the way, the journey's going to be a little bit more fun because of the bad spots that the gunslinger might put you in early in games and then save you at the end of the day. Gunslinger has a little villain mentality to him, you know? Right, all that kind of stuff, yes, anti-hero, I suppose, all that. People like that. They're, they're, there's an edge to that. There's a hand solo versus Luke Skywalker. Is John Hamm going anti-hero now, by the way? 
well, he's he's gone shirtless and nipple ringed. I don't know if you've seen him in Fargo. <laughs> the hell's this ham doing there? He's Don Draper. I mean, this is some wild kind of stuff. Flash and Don Draper into nipple rings. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know where we've gone here. You know, um, but uh, yes, I so so let's let's spread the good word and i'm gonna leave it to you to decide you're a wordsmith do you like assassin assassin or do you like i like the i like the 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 juxtaposition of assassin versus um uh <laughs> i was i was i was i've been re-watching the first season of 24 uh man Ooh, i we were living that. you've never watched it never seen it i don't know that it would hold up i don't know um we lived in a, it's, it's wild to even football back in back then. It's wild to like watch television. You're like, it's a horrible quality. <laughs> the quality oh, of production yeah. is just outrageously bad. Um, oh, yeah, I, I, I rewatched the conversation about uh, three or four months ago. Uh, and it's amazing. Like the pedestrian quality of, of the scandals that they're covering. You're like, uh, you know, it's Gene Hackman picks up the conversation of uh, of the two people in the park and you, and, and they're uh, talking about something nefarious. And then at the <laughs> end, it's revealed and it's a big hard turn. And you're like, that's it. Like that. That wouldn't register. That wouldn't literally make the newspaper. <laughs> right, that right. literally wouldn't make the newspaper in the 21st century, given the scandals yeah. we have in our society. Um, now. But, but, but anyway, but, but yes, assassin. The assassin is what made me think. Of okay. it, but the, this guy's like hanging out. Like, but I think assassin. The the gunplay thing, because that's what Brock Purdy is. He is, he is, he's throwing darts. Yeah. He's not, he's Gun not. plays all the rage. The kids are going to love this. We're going right. to, we're going to spread the good word on that one. Okay. Very quickly. Let's go fast action here while I have you. Um, so things are going to change. And I started by saying that the football season is long because, you know, if, if, if you overreact to the week to week nature of it, you could have made declarations after week three, after week seven and so on, that would have been embarrassing if I summoned them up right now for, for mm. all of us. It's hard for me to make the case as I sit here right now, things are going to change, but if nothing changes, there's just no case that for the Eagles or the Cowboys or the Lions or anyone else, the Niners are going to go to the Super yeah. Bowl, right? Yeah, there's I mean, just no case around it. it the Niners are going to get the one seed, right? I mean, they've. They, I don't know. They win the division. The Raven, they win. If they beat the Ravens, then they will get it. Yes, they have clinched the playoff berth and clinched the division. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, if they beat the Ravens, I think they can still get it even without the Ravens, just because like if Philly loses anyway, the Niners should get the one seed. They have the easier schedule, they have the tiebreakers, et cetera. Um, they stomp Philly in in Dallas right. when they had to play them. And I think Philly has looked wobbly. The Jalen Hurts now dealing with you know the illness, not a big deal. But yeah, I mean, it's it is really difficult to imagine any other NFC team rolling into San Francisco. If San Francisco is fully healthy and beating the Niners, but just because of what we see now, it's 60 hey man, minutes. I don't care. Game. I don't even care. I'll go one further. Send them to Philly. You just saw them two weeks ago. What do you think is yeah. going to happen? Yeah, if, if you said they just doubled them up over there, what's going to happen? And, and, what's going to be different? They, and they played that game. Diva Samuel told Adam Shine uh, after the NFC Championship game last year, if, if we had a quarterback, we would beat them by 31. They played that game like, hey, we want to let you know we would have beaten you by 31. And they, they damn, they damn near well did. So yeah, I think, I think the AFC, maybe the one team, Shaq, the one team that can play spoiler to the 49ers, Detroit team that I think the Rams. Wow. Whoa. I love it. You're so right. I haven't mean, given it thought. I have perpetuated the idea of, and I'm doing it right now. The mini rivalries, the mini showdowns of this era are consistent. This is something I've hammered endlessly, and somehow I've skipped right over this. It's sitting right there in front of me. The reason that the Eagles have no chance is what we saw two weeks ago. The Eagles would not turn things around as the two teams are constituted enough to ever be able to beat them. Same goes. Yes, McVay owns Shanny. Why would that change in January? Hmm. Yeah, well. Wow. No, no, Shanny owns McVay in the regular season. But McVay's only win in the, like the last nine is in that NFC Championship game when the Rams won the Super Bowl, right? And right. I so That's I think what I meant. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, the NFC West is confusing. It gets me flipped around too. Like I like I have to raise my hand during podcasts and be like, wait a minute, is 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 Pete the one that owns 
Cliff or uh, in wait, Cliff's not there. But the um <laughs> I think I think but I think that the even though the Niners own the Rams, there's so much familiarity there and they've beaten them in that playoff setting that I think you could see Stafford, like Stafford to me, when you look at the court, when you look at the quarterbacks who might make it into the postseason on the NFC side, you have, of course, the machine that is Brock Purdy. Hurts, golf, assassin, the assassin, Baker, the assassin, right? Dak, uh, who are Nick Mullins, and then Matthew Stafford. I think Stafford is the only one who can overpower the Niners with like a, with like like he can just. For instance, by the way, there's a. I said this last night. There's like a chance Joe Flacco and the Browns could get the one seed. It's not out of the realm of the possible out of possibility, which would just be insane. And then, do you really the want to play Joe Flacco in January? Like he didn't have a good year when he won the Super Bowl. He had a fine year, like 58, 59% completions. Uh, like, you know, I think it was like well, 3,500 passing yards. It just got, uh, went nuclear. Boy, you you really uh, have revealed a couple of fascinating uh, possibilities there. I'm going to let you go. But I I, I I do want to say. I have a couple um, minutes if you if you, if you want to cover that, by the way. Well, I mean, I, 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 have, I, do, I, have, I have at least four minutes. Okay, good. We have four more minutes here with uh, with yeah. Brinson. Um, the what what it kind of the the thing for the last fifteen minutes it keeps knocking around my head because I only have so many uh, thoughts in there. Um, and the thing I've been saying for two months now is, and maybe it's a little hyperbolic, but it sounds like you kind of agree that at minimum, I say like at this point, maybe the offensive coordinator is more important than the quarterback. Hmm. I, I mean, the how uh, isn't there heaps of evidence? You think Joe Flacco, you saw him, everybody. You, you, you saw him. You, you don't, uh, <laughs> you saw him a year ago, right? Everybody remembers watching him. He stunk. That's the same guy. And he's, except that he's a year older. He's not transformed except by the system in which he's operating. Isn't that pretty straightforward stuff? By the way, I hate to make this about the Pittsburgh Steelers, but they're on my mind as well. And again, are, am I to believe that this is all about the players, that, that that Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, that the Steelers somehow, by bad luck or otherwise, landed on the two worst options in football to play quarterback? I'm, I, I, am I to believe that Will Levis and Joe Flacco and Bailey Zappi and Zach Wilson and the flashes that they've shown over the last five, uh, over the last 10 days or so uh, that that my math should be that all those guys just it turns out they're all better at football than the than the two guys that the Steelers landed on of course not it's systematic you see right have um have, have we talked about the fact that um the 2013 NC State football team oh no, so, yeah, not, no, I don't know. Good. No, please. Why please, would we, good. No, why it's, would, it's, yeah. it's on, it's on my mind, obviously. So <laughs> it should be, it should be though, because 2013 NC state, Dave Dorn's first season, he hires an offensive coordinator named Matt Canada. Oh, his, whoa, whoa, whoa. His running backs coach. Desmond Kitchings. That doesn't matter for you. He's somewhere else. Sorry. His special teams coordinator, Eddie Faulkner. Ah, I thought that's where you were going. Okay. And his wide receivers coach, Frisman Jackson. Oh, 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 oh. This team in 2013 went three and nine and oh and eight in the ACC. Now they would pick it up a little bit, but it would not be until they moved on. I believe um, they wouldn't, they wouldn't break through for a good season until they've moved on from most of these coaches. Yes. Faulkner stuck around for a little bit of special teams guy, uh, but Frisman was gone. And my point is that if the 2023 Pittsburgh Steelers, a professional football team of some mm-hmm. r- some good some rapport, were to employ three coaches from the 2013 NC State team and let two of them run the offense. I know. Listen, where where'd Jacoby Brissett go to school? NC State. What if the Steelers would have signed Jacoby Brissett in 2022 instead of Mitchell Trubisky? They I can, do much I better. Can, I can do a lot of fun what if in about so how risky things would have Carolina, so I can tell you how much better it would be. Yeah, I, that would check out. I want to go back. Last thing before you go. Yep. Is 
I, you're kind of getting it, the Browns, and that's a fun story. And I, I think you lack um, a certain bit of humanity if you can't, even as a Steelers fan or otherwise, uh, or Ravens fan, or uh, sort of be tickled by the the improbability of what's and good for you, Cleveland. Go ahead, go ahead. You have no chance of winning the Super Bowl, obviously. And you could get the number one seed and it would be cute and all that. But let's just boil it down to what matters to, to all the hardos out there. Who can win the Super Bowl? Who can go to the Super Bowl? It is the Chiefs. It's the Dolphins. It's the Ravens, period, right? We, we've boiled it down to that. There is no path for anyone other than those teams. Jake Browning might get in. Josh Allen might get in. They're not going to win three. No, in a I think row the Bills. The, the Bills can win. The Bills really can go to so? win the Super Bowl. You yeah, really I think that you. they can do? I I get that this is exciting and and all of that. And Josh Allen's putting on a show. Here's, you really think that they can? I know that they fit that. That oh, I want to play them, and I agree. But they're not going to win three in a row on the road. See, you as a fan of this, as a fan of the Steelers, should know better than this. The 05 Steelers. Brian Brian McFadden mentioned this when we were on CBS Sports HQ the other day. He's like. In 2005, we start week 13. We started treating it like it was the playoffs, and sure. I think that I think that's where the Bills are now. Here's Shaq. I think what's happened in the last like five to ten years is we haven't seen one of these wild card teams with the elite quarterback who can just elevate the, his play and take over an entire. Like Flacco did it, Big Ben did it, uh, Rodgers did it, Eli did it twice. Like things have we changed. Did, Things have changed. I, I really do think that things have changed I, I agree. in the last five to ten years. You can't do that. the 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 margin is so narrow now. Yes, that it's all about getting that number one seed and playing one less game. That I mean, it really it's a shame, but that's where where it is. Right. Now. But I don't think that the one seed the one seed is different if it's not Kansas City to me. I think that the Patriots and the and the and the and the Chiefs had a, a headlock on the one seed for so long. That we just sort of that 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 sort of changed the way that we viewed it. Tom Brady's gone now, so there's a, the, the Mahomes is weakened at least this year because it, it's not going to go through. And look, Mahomes can win the Super Bowl. Don't get me wrong. I think people discounting the Chiefs are insane, but um, I, I also think that you know you have a situation where, the, like, I think this is the way that this AFC is set up, where you have Baltimore, very good team, but I mean like. Beatable. Um, you have Miami who yeah, hasn't right. beat a team with, right. hadn't beat a team with a winning record. The Chiefs beatable this year. Jaguars beatable. Flacco, Browning, Minshew right now. And, and like if Josh Allen steals one of those spots, he can run through that group, I think. Man, you're kind of right about that. Okay, you're talking me into it. And in I, fact, I do I have guess to I'm go. Closed. I do have go to go ahead. I, I'm closing okay. the book no, on no. the Dolphins uh, uh, winning the division, which is not settled hash, but I am closing the book on you because you have to go do something. Will Brinson, the best. In the biz, uh, what a pleasure to talk to you at the start of football buddy. season and now at the end. Go ahead. Happy holidays to you. Check them out on CBS Sports yep. Pick 6. It's a daily pod with Katie Mox. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 
877-711-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net, New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. And as he touched on there, a guest of Katie Mox's podcast, our own Eddie Spaghetti on this Monday. Spaghetti, how'd it go over there with Mox? It was good. We just recapped kind of the same thing you and Will did. Recap the uh, the bigger games of uh, of Sunday. Kind of looked ahead to the uh, Eagles Seahawks game tonight. Gave out some best bets for that. So great to be on with a uh, fellow Omaha partner. And it was uh, good talks. Yeah, we got to get Mox on this show too. Sure. By the way, let's do that sooner rather than later. But then, especially with her Niners riding high. Yeah. But spaghetti. Did I cover it right? I'm sorry. Uh, full disclosure. I like to uh, you know no jive it here on the show, as you know. We a uh, little harried this morning. We had a wild night here, a uh, uh, little girly, 103 temperature um, in the night. And um, my wife woke me up and she said, 103 uh, temperature. And I'm like, oh, man, that stinks. And she's like, you going to help me? And I'm like, with what? Like, I'm, oh, I'm not going <laughs> to help you. I'm, I mean, oh, I, you have you, you have my thoughts. How about that? Uh, I could pray, but, you know, I'm, I'm not doing that. But I could give you my T's and P's. So, I mean, like, what? I, I got to pull my head up off the pillow. And I did. Anyway, it's been a hairy night. We have two sick kids here. So I'm a little uh, flustered as we uh, give this thing a shot. Did I cover the important, the above the line issues from week 15 there? The the, the biggest uh, thing going on, the breaking news is that the Steelers have announced that Mason Rudolph will be starting. Um, Tom just said that mid record with Wills. I'm not sure if you saw that or reacted to that yet. I I mean, I'm not surprised by that, but I would have predicted that. And as I have said, were I Mason Rudolph or if I were Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, too little, too late. You know, you wouldn't let me play your reindeer and or gridiron games when it would have worked out for me. And now I tell you, screw, I don't want to go out there and do it now. Now it's too late in the game. You turned to me a little bit too after you exhausted all other options. I guess I'm not surprised. I am devastated. I will say it again, histrionic as it sounds, this is the worst time for me as a sports fan in 40 years, Eddie Spaghetti. This is, I mean, you know, that that's older than you, literally. <laughs> this is the worst time since before you walked the planet Earth. Do you understand that? And I'm not, and it's not an exaggeration. I've done the math on it, obviously. I'm steeped in Pittsburgh sports. And people are hitting. I put that out on social media and people are like, nay, actually, it was 1980, 1985. The year was the word. I'm like, listen, do you think I don't know? You think I'm not up to speed on, on my own angst? I know it. I've I, I've done the math on it. This is what I do. I feel sad for myself and I make lists. I've combined the two. It's 1983, the worst. And everybody out there who is volunteering solutions whether it's a fan or a media member or otherwise leaves uh, it leaves me a little bit cold of like uh, dude you know what they got dude they got fired tomlin like i get it that's not the thing that the steelers philosophically do art to 
is not going to his pal, Mike Tomlin. It's not going to be, I know it's easy from behind the computer to just say like, dude, get rid of that dude. It's like, it's been 16 years, this relationship, a lot of special things have gone down. It's been a meaningful relationship. And so there's more to it than a coach who you hired a year ago to try and turn things around who it didn't take. Okay. So that's, so that's one aspect of it, you know, and I don't say this in a cavalier way, as I acknowledge Tomlin has been masterful. I think it's performative jive to people who say like, he was never good. He just, he benefited from Cowers players as it turns out. And it's all been uh, just hanging on. Like, obviously you don't never have a losing season. If, uh, if you're a bum of a head coach or a fraud on any level, obviously that's not the case. Um, how do you make this work going forward? I think Tomlin has to want to go. I don't think that the Steelers are going to on their own, just say like, there's the door, man, get to it. I think Tomlin would have to have some want to move on. If that's the case, maybe there's a deal with Washington. Here's the problem with that, whether it's to the commies or the LA chargers or, or, or wherever else in a trade is now it's kind of out there. We all understand that this divorce may be coming. So really, are you even going to be able to get a first round draft pick? And I mean it for Tomlin, if you go out there and do it as much as that might impact your decision, I don't know if that's available to you. And also the rules about negotiating with assistant coaches and when you can initiate all that and the chase for it, it seems like there might be an opening up in new England. We know there's one with the chargers in Vegas and beyond. And it's always, it's never going to be a great time to try to find a new head coach. It feels like this year might be even worse than most. Also, you know that the one guy everybody wants is Ben Johnson, the OC in Detroit. If you could say to me, and I, again, I'm not being glib about Mike Tomlin, his influence, what he's done in a positive way to continue the Steelers way, as much as that's been debated, what that means, winning. How about that? That's what the Steelers have been about for uh, a half a century, winning as much or more than any other pro football team. Um, so if you could say they would get Ben Johnson and then close your eyes for another 15, 20 years before you look up for another head coach, that sounds pretty good to me. The evidence is there, youthful progressive offensive mind. I've made this case for three months now that maybe the offensive coordinator has uh, outstripped the importance of the quarterback. Even I think that would be the thing. I think it's a tough needle to thread though. I do like Omar Khan sitting in that seat. He seems a little more nimble, a more, a little more open to the 21st century methodology to achieve what you want in terms of personnel. This thing about and our guy, Mark Kabali, who was with us a couple of weeks ago on the show and is as plugged in as anybody is perpetuating like you got to get Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens out of there. Boy, that's really a, a, a tough one to, to accept. I mean, like in what sense? Get what you can get for them. Obviously, you're not going to just outright cut those guys. So is there a market for any of them? Are there late round picks you can get for them? George Pickens in particular might fetch something. You would think that, you you know, that wouldn't be a, a straight, you know, six round pick or something like that for a guy like that. But that leaves me cold, too, because that's a lot of talent and bad attitude to me seems like something that the coaches should be able to manage. I know that you can really be out of bounds as a human being individually, but for the most part, shouldn't the coaching staff be able to corral bad attitudes and everything else? And it goes back to more practically my concerns about what is systematic. I keep going back to that. Yes, Trubisky has been an atrocity. Kenny Pickett was not setting the world on fire, but I refuse to believe that the Steelers just bad luck their way into the two worst options of guys who've actually taken snaps this year in the NFL. Like all the guys we've seen uh, uh, up until this point are just, it turns out they're all just a little bit better. That's been the difference. That's what took down the Steelers. Now, clearly it is something systematic and in the water with that coaching staff. Anyway, Eddie Spaghetti, I can't help myself but go on about these Steelers. I'm down in the dumps, and I tried to I tried to move on and get excited. I'm like, all right, fine. 
Crosby and company are turning around with the Penguins. They lose 7-0 to the flu-ridden Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday night. Back to my point. Worst time in Pittsburgh sports in 40 years. How's everything going for you there in Staten Island? The Tommy DeVito story seems to have played itself out a little bit, eh? It crashed and burned. It was like this insanity. It was, it was being compared to insanity uh, when Jeremy Lin was on fire for the Knicks. And, you know, playing going down to Nola, playing a great defense in the Saints, uh, just not getting any offense going. I, I, I wasn't, you know, championing i don't think Tommy devito has a real spot in this league i don't think he's going to be uh, a guy that, that people take seriously what is funny though um is how the even if the giants stick with daniel jones and don't don't move on to another quarterback although i do th- i think right now they have the seventh pick um daniel jones, i was just looking at that i wanted to i wanted to tell well, you that it's, it informs you that i don't mean to interrupt you but it does what Bears now have the number one with five, uh, because of Carolina, but now yeah. they're a little nervous. Like Bryce Young, don't throw any more touchdown passes late in the rain. Patriots are right behind them. Then Arizona, then Washington, which is like, I, I also think is Washington, I'm sure, you know, as covetous of, as all pro teams are of the fir- of uh, first round draft picks, especially high ones. They clearly need a quarterback. Are they going to trade that to get Mike Tomlin? I don't know. Maybe Magic Johnson really loves that. It loves to idealize the notion of bringing Mike Tomlin over, a super successful head coach to take over and launch the new era. I guess there's something there. I don't know if they would give the fourth overall pickup to get it. Now, if that happens, talk about a reboot in Pittsburgh. That there it is. That's you can get seduced by that and get excited. I'm sorry. I you see. I start. I we were talking about the Giants, and I turned it back into the Steelers. Continue. I was just trying to let you know that the Giants are now seventh, but it yeah. turned back into the Steelers. So we're yeah. talking about the Steelers. Um, no, go ahead. I go ahead. I, I, no, I go ahead. Go ahead. Giants. I'm, I'm just tying this into the draft and other available right. quarterbacks. But the thing is, people aren't talking about is that like Dale Jones, even if he is the guy they're going to go back to him because the contract, whatever else, he is still not going to be cleared to play until like midseason because of his injury when when the place when he took it. Oh, really? So, oh, yeah, because his, his ACL happening uh, in November. He's not going to be prepared. He's not going to be ready to play, which means that like, so what are you going to do? Are you just going to, you're going to roll back out Tommy DeVito and you're going to roll or, or Tyra Taylor again, or like, and just basically say yeah, another, another losing season because we don't have a quarterback or are you going to move assets to move up and get your guy or just hope that uh, a Jaden Daniels highs and winner slides to seven or if Drake may slides to seven, because don't forget to like, Justin Fields most likely will be on the move now. I, I thought if he beat the Browns that they would keep him, but I think there there will be a, maybe a team in that in that area who's picking. He goes, maybe we'll kick the tires on Justin Fields and get him instead. So there's a chance that one of those teams ahead of the Giants will not be taking a quarterback anymore. I think at least. I mean, you never know what else could happen in this league too. But where Justin be- Fields is concerned, I thought that was the big takeaway. I know the feel good story of the of the Browns, and and like I say, good for you. Um, but again, Justin Fields, another piece of evidence that maybe you know he is the answer there man he's he's flawed though you know he really does i mean the turnovers are you know are the turnovers it's it's hard to you know work your way around that and get excited about a guy who who continues to drop it i mean it's a little bit like trevor lawrence at this point when's that gonna cut its crap out too i really thought the jags and i don't come away from the sunday night game any different than I went into it. It was like, okay, the Ravens, I guess it's hard to argue. Your record is what you say you are, that they're the best team. But man, I just do not see them as the equivalent of the NFC number one seed right now. It seems clear to me that the Niners are, I mean, as constituted, going to yeah. be impossible to stop. The Ravens, I watch them, I'm like, yeah, somebody's going to knock this team off along the way. It just has, a, it, it, it has that vibe to it to me. And I thought it was the right spot for the Jags to do it. It was right there and they kept blowing it. And at some point, you know, I know everybody keeps talking about the dolphins. I think the dolphins are a little bit closer to the real deal than the Jags are at this point. I think they feel like they're in the right spot. They're in that bum division and the Jags are, are, interesting but they're not a super bowl contender right after you watch all that right we can we can we can reject them as a team that might land in vegas in february right yeah, they, uh, something we did talk about on on Moxie Bets with Katie Mox. I did say that like the Jags are a team they'll make the playoffs. Still, they but I don't see them even like winning a game. Uh, and the conversations that we had, uh, you know, you know, last, this time last year, 
is Trevor Lawrence the guy? Like a lot of news stories out of Jacksonville, people kind of getting upset about that too, which goes to show you again, like taking the quarterback first overall doesn't always work out in your favor. Um, I mean, I still think the Ravens are are good. The, the loss of Keaton Mitchell. I don't actually mean that they're huge. not good. Yeah, uh, to to be clear, because I know the smarties out there let me know like that. I don't. Right, man, you think the Ravens, st- I don't think the Ravens stink. I think that if they are your number one seed, then the conference at large is not as strong as I kind of thought it was. I'm not, it, obviously, Lamar Jackson, I'm saying now, I think he kind of should be your MVP. Um, I, I, you know, I just feel that they're sort of flawed. And and if they have two games running through Charm City, boy, they really are going to be tough to to move on from in terms of, uh, of, projecting who you think is going to get to the Super Bowl. I, 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 they, they feel it's not fluky or anything. They're just not impenetrable when I watch them week in and week out. I always feel like, boy, somebody can, somebody could knock this team off. Yeah. Well, the Jags missed the kicks and you know, the the fumbles, they played sloppy and if they scored those points, then you never know what this game is. And it does seem like that offense is again, like why the Keaton Mitchell loss is huge is because the Ravens offense is run, run, run. And then it's like, they had actually a surprising amount of, of a lot of design runs for Lamar Jackson, which he is doing less, but then it's like, they did like Walker and company and, and, and Josh Allen, the, the defensive player, like they did get, in on uh on on Lamar a lot but then he had the ability to uh, scramble it's like how often can you do that how will you be able to have that game plan of like the drop back wait like and kill eight seconds of clock and then run out and find a guy open it's like the Jags let it happen and they lost the game but like well if the will the Dolphins let that happen will the Bills let that happen or like you know any of the AFC North like so it's it the Chiefs like it is a thing where you have to kind of go like jump through loops each game I I, I can see your point of why you don't think that'll be sustainable right. and I, I I am with you on that I do think the game next week like the Niners uh, uh, Ravens game is such a massive game because if the Niners blow them out and then let's just say this, the Eagles struggle. Well, look at this. Tonight, I just wanted to tell you this to, to exactly what we're talking about here is these are the two one seeds in the conferences. And I know it's in San Francisco, obviously, but it's, you know, roughly a two and a half point edge for the home team these days. Um, blindly, the Niners are are given five and a half at the time of this recording right now. So obviously the bookmakers see the Niners as uh, as a superior football team. So, yeah, continue with what you were saying there. Yeah. So if they if they take care of business, if the Niners take care of business and let's just say the Eagles struggled tonight um, versus the, the Seahawks, if Hurts plays and stuff, if you know, if Hurts doesn't play it, I guess we can kind of forget about it. But then everyone's going to be like, oh, well, and the Niners have no one in the NFC to worry about. And then the best team in the AFC uh, just got blown out by them. So I, I think that what your original point was back in the beginning of this pod is like there's no one else to even challenge the Niners, which obviously anything could happen. But I think they'd be the overwhelming favorite. And it would be a shock almost if they did lose uh, the Super Bowl this year because it just seemed like that team was just they're just perfect right now. There's nothing wrong with them. So I think that's kind of where we are heading into the, uh, the you know, and, and in terms of the MVP stuff, too. I, I mean, I, I guess Lamar, but uh, and I know the Purdy's like first in a bunch of categories. But uh, again, I just I, I, I guess to show you like, you know, CMC 20 touchdowns. I, I, I'm just tired of the award going to a a quarterback on a good team. And it gets I kind hear of you, right. Well, by the way, um, I said it three weeks ago. I'm getting confused by my weeks here and the matchups. But I said that the MVP chase would be settled by the head to head experience. And I think it kind of has, you know, the Niners against the Eagles and then the Eagles against the Cowboys and, you know, Dak kind of eliminated himself. I feel like against the bills on Sunday now and, um, and all of that. So I think now Ravens at Niners settles it. If Lamar Jackson goes in there, and has a special individual performance that is superior to the one Brock Purdy puts out on Monday night, then Lamar Jackson takes control of the MVP chase, right? That makes sense, right? And if Brock Purdy does his usual thing and takes care of business and beats these Ravens and Lamar Jackson is good, but not enough to win, I think then Brock Purdy, the case will be pretty clear for him. I think so. Watch that one, I guess, in that regard. And then you touch on something with the Jags, something that you know, we 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 want, you know, the week to week nature of of football. And I think you touch on something. 
is Lamar Jackson going to be able to do what he did against the Jags on Sunday night against the the best teams in the AFC? Against the Chiefs, can he do what he's doing, extending plays and all that? That's kind of what I'm talking about. There's the, the transferable stuff. I got some pushback, or I guess Nick Bosa did when I said, see, Nick Bosa just told the world, we have the blueprint on how you stop Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. And people kind of poo-pooed that. And in fact, I'll tell you who. Um, well, who it was it was on this show too. I got some pushback as well. That that it's like, well, not everybody has the same pieces that the Cowboys have to stop that. You wouldn't, yeah. Those are the good teams. The good defenses are going to be able to look at what the Niners did and do the same thing to the Eagles. That's why I think there is now a ceiling imposed on the Philadelphia Eagles this year because Nick Bosa has told you, we've given you the blueprint. Other good teams, or at least one, has now used it to success. The Dallas Cowboys did a week ago before they themselves just got whipped. So I do wonder now if the Eagles, no matter where they will land in the seedings or anything, if the two arch rivals, the Cowboys and Niners, are saying, like, we know how to stop them. I mean, how enthusiastic can you be right now as a Philadelphia Eagles fan? The Ravens, I think, are in an interesting spot of, like, is that going to work? It did work in Jacksonville. Is that going to work against the Chiefs? Is that going to work against the Dolphins? That one's still to come. I, I mean, it's bottom line. We still have three weeks to go. Much hash to be settled here, but we are really narrowing down to the teams that are going to be in the playoffs. And this is a great time. Make no mistake. One of the great things in the holiday season, in Shecker season, and this has been a sad one. Maybe the saddest checker season of them all because of what the Steelers have done to me, what the Penguins have done to me. Now we got these sick kids in the house on the cusp of Christmas time. When's it Dave's turn? When's it my turn? When, 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 when do I get a little? When do I get to be happy, Eddie Spaghetti? When do we, you know, when, when, when's the show? Doesn't they always say about the sun shining on everyone at some when when's it my turn already? Well, everybody else gets well, to be so happy. Why do I have to? Even checker season is down this year. I don't care for it. Um, but I will say perennially as a sports fan, one of the great windows, and sadly, my team isn't in it right now, is when you look at the standings and you start to do the math of like, oh, we need that team to lose next week. And if we do, then we would have the tiebreaker. If we just beat that team in week 16, then we would, uh, all that kind of stuff. That's great fun to gather around while you're talking about what Santa may or may not bring in a couple of days or a couple hours is doing that with your uncles. That's one of my favorite memories is doing that math. Here's the problem for me. So that's fun. And now we've reached the station of like, okay, who can get into the playoffs? And that's one thing. And be cynical all you want. Getting into the playoffs is good and fun. And it's part of the fun journey of being a sports fan is having a super relevant game. Even if you're a 10-point dog against a powerhouse, you have a chance in January. Enjoy it. Don't uh, turn your nose up at it, sports fans. It's great times. Here's the problem for me as a Steelers fan, just to go back to that very quickly. To be consistent. And a man of my word and all that. You heard me say spaghetti. This year was supposed to be different. The I can excuse, you know, if, if, if you're in a vacuum with the Steelers, like eh, they aren't that good this year. They were six and three and it kind of blew it. The five year journey. Tomlin has been there for 16 years. But from the moment Roethlisberger gets hurt, the disappointment against the Jags and the playoffs and all that. But from the moment... The next season starts week one, then week two, Roethlisberger hurts his elbow against the Seahawks, and that starts the clock. He does marvelous work keeping the team in play with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Great stuff. Roethlisberger comes back. They go 11-0. and They weren't great, but they were 11-0, and and they were tracking in a good direction. Good on you, Tomlin. Then they come back the, the next year, Roethlisberger's retirement year. They improbably get into the playoffs winning 13 to 12, but it was all building. It was all building. The roster is now in a position where they were supposed to be a real factor here. And next year was the year to really make a Super Bowl run. They're not going to make the playoffs this year. I've been building towards that. I said if 2023 didn't show that this was a team that was legitimately on a level, not a team that could get into the playoffs, but could make a Super Bowl run or was a scary one. Then it would be time to change things. That's where the Steelers are now. I do think you have to change things. And now a quick break. 
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, that's not you, Colts. This is exciting if you're a Colts fan right now. If you're the Jake Browning Bungles or the Joe Flacco Browns, enjoy it. This is a great ride. You ain't going to the Super Bowl, but we have now reached a place where there are, are we going to say it's seven teams that can get to the Super Bowl here, Eddie Spaghetti? Is that our final list or can the Lions get there? We're going to go Bills. We're going to go Ravens, Chiefs, and Dolphins. And we're counting the Dolphins because I've been on them all year, although I think they're probably the one who probably most people are skeptical of, more so than the Bills at this point. And then... I mean, I can kind of say not the not the Eagles, but somebody else could interrupt the Niners, I guess, could upset them, and then the Eagles could wind up in the Super Bowl. But it's those three. I don't think the Lions are a Super Bowl contender unless you tell me otherwise. No, I don't think so. I think they're they're a team that would definitely disappoint. If the, I, I can see them like a, a first-round exit. Um, I, I, I just don't have faith in them. And I know they had that game this weekend, the get-right game. Goff had a fantastic game, but I, I just – yeah, I don't have the the faith in them. I think I could even whittle it down to even less than than your your list. What's also funny take too is take one out, like, take one. A team, I'm I'm not saying win it necessarily. Dolphins. Get Dolphins. to the Super Bowl. You don't think they're huh? Yeah, I okay. can take them out. I I feel I feel pretty good. I think the NFC is down to just the Eagles and the Niners, and um, AFC. I mean, it's probably probably Chiefs Ravens at this point. Um, but the Bills, the, the the Bills are the ones I want to say. But the problem is the Bills could literally. Like they, if they lose their week 18 game, they, if they win their week 18 game, I believe they win the division. If they lose their week 18 game, they're, well, no, the they're two back now. And yeah. the assumption is that the dolphins are going to stumble before they get to the bills. And right. they, I mean, their pair of games are obviously both losable. They just have to lose. I'm not sure if this is right. I have to check the math on this. If they lose one of the two, even the dolphins and the bills win their next two, which they should. Mm-hmm. Winning week 18 gives the Bills of the division because yeah. that would give them a head-to-head sweep. Yep, they, get, the they, they win the division, but if they lose in week 18, then they're they're out of the playoffs, which is insane. Huh. So I, I think if the Bills get in there, a team that probably nobody um, wants to face, because I think Josh Allen's playing lights out right now, sure. and I think obviously Cook, uh, you know, Dallas didn't stop anything up the middle, so he was able to run all over them. So I think things are going well for them. Obviously, that game was in a sloppy weather conditions too. So I think the Bills are are looking pretty strong. I guess my one wild card, I could. The, the team I could see winning a playoff game just because their defense is so good too is the Browns. I wouldn't be shocked if the Browns knocked out a team um, because of their defense being insane. I, I think that's like my kind of playoff hot take. But yeah, I think those are my my four teams in the I'm wild not trying card to being the Bills. It. I, I would I would love if the Browns got into the playoffs with Deshaun Watson. I'd love for them to lose forty eight to nothing and all that. I mean, listen, if Joe Flacco goes in there and Cleveland feels good about themselves for a week in January as a sports town, so be it. I'm not that big a curmudgeon. You see, that's a, good for you. They ain't going to the no Super Bowl or nothing no. like that. Um, it's a, it's a feel good story. You know, listen, I said Gardner Minshew would turn into a pumpkin before Halloween and. He just housed the Pittsburgh Steelers. So what do I know? 
Um, for the most part, though, I think I'm steering you the right way. I think me and Eddie Spaghetti and Kevin Hench and our pal Brady Lemieux are steering you in the right direction. We're all over 500 at this point in the season against the number. So we appreciate you following along. As far as that goes, we just said Eddie Spaghetti on Katie Mox's great show. Uh, make sure you track that one down. Eddie Spaghetti and Jen Piacenti, are you sticking with the playoffs? You're going to still be waiver wiring it through these fantasy football playoffs? Yeah, we'll be going tomorrow to recap week uh, round one of the playoffs and look forward to week two. Uh, Ooh, I got to uh, get you my playoffs. roster. I got to get you yeah. my roster so you can uh, set the line. You and Piacenti should set the line on my fantasy football playoff. Yeah, we'd be happy to do that. And then, yeah, we okay. always we always continue through championship, even after the championship rounds over with. Well, we do the uh, because when the NFL hits playoff time, there are playoff fantasy leagues that you can. Oh, right, right, right. I'm pool, sorry. Which we've uh, succeeded in. So we will be continuing and going always on, on Tuesday afternoons. I'm myopic and all that. I don't know that you keep going through the NFL playoffs. I forgot about that. Um, but do check that out. Extra points with me and Sarah Tiana coming up at you. And then Kevin Hench on Thursday and the 15-minute pregame show on Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern. We appreciate everybody checking that out. I see it continues to perform well. Thank you for doing that. Check it out on YouTube. Check it all out on YouTube, the Extra Points channel, and make sure you're checking out Mergler's uh, show there, by the way, Trendy, for all the picks thrice weekly, Lemon Pepper Parlay with Marty Weiss and Mark Gunnels, uh, Covered in Glory. I think I just mentioned all the shows out there, so uh, so that's good stuff. And when Hench joins us, I'll give you a review of his home. Hench, you're over in, Stat I mean, uh, Spaghetti, you're in Staten Island. You missed his holiday. Mm -hmm. Um, event. It was good times, though. I went over there on Saturday night. I'll give you my review of that when Hench is here for it. And uh, until then, thanks so much, sports fans. And thanks to Will Brinson, too. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>